Pod. Hello, Effers. Oh, you didn't even come in that time. I'm over it. I think we did I'm tie. We even tied. though it wasn't it a was competition. A, it was it's not a race. You've stamped the, last, the spirit at all of us. The Zach. last podcast. I, <laughs> hey, I'm not the one that made it a competition. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to move on. <laughs> Hello, Effers. I'm your host, Internet Keith, and welcome to uh, Football and Other F-Words. And you've just been... Not yet. Do you do you host another podcast? Cause you sound like you're about to introduce somebody else. <laughs> yeah, I have like 15 ish podcasts. Welcome to the Bear and Cat Talk. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, that's the wrong mic. Uh, Bear and Cat sounds. Great. As is tradition, I'm joined by hooligans. I've got uh, Zebo, Zach Lyons. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, so Sonic has human teeth and it has everybody freaked out. That's yep. Is <laughs> it? Thing. I mean, I would never notice if nobody else pointed it out. They're disgusting. Looking. Like who is looking at cartoon teeth? I mean, he opened his mouth wide for like 10 seconds. It was hard to miss him. Was it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we also have Mike Herndon, Mike Miracles. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I don't have any uh, hot takes about Sonic's teeth, but <laughs> the whole the whole movie looked really weird, and I'm not... I, I don't know if the trailer was just the bad parts, but it. I don't know about that. Guys, I'm, I'm going to go see that movie. I, I just want you all to know that. I don't that. think I can. I don't think I can put myself through that. We also have Mr. Lebowski... A.K.A. Michael Gillum. How are you? It's 90 degrees on May the 1st. Like, I've wore shorts all day. Was it 90 degrees today? Well, 87. Was it really? It was I'm like, still surprised even by 87. It was, a de- it was a, like, decent, nice-feeling 90, but... It was, there was a lot of wind, which in two, helped. In two weeks, it's going to be straight bullshit. Yes. No wind. Turning. Very humidity. Very surprised. Very surprised. Yeah. I'm so glad that you didn't say anything about Sonic. Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic's teeth oh. are just <laughs> fucking awful. What's with his legs, too? But can we talk what? about Doctor Robotnik not being fat? Like to no, me, that's no, the most egregious can't. error of the whole movie. Yeah, but his proportions in the video game would look so incredibly stupid for that already incredibly stupid-looking movie. So actually, you know what? I take that back. Since the movie already looks so unbelievably terrible, they should have made him look like. And he doesn't even have red hair. Yeah, like, probably. does nobody, like, everyone wants to talk about teeth, but nobody wants to talk about he could have dyed legs. his hair red, which his, he did on uh, Batman leg. Forever. Don't forget Sonic's legs suck, too. Yeah, skinny-ass legs. I, th- well, I, mean, I think the like movie Kevin, looks like a Kevin wonderful Durant. experience for all family and friends. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. Is it coming um, out for Thanksgiving? We shouldn't all take no, our... No, they're dumping that shit out like next week. <laughs> oh, is it for Mother's Day? Are what we going to do the Mother's Day pod sure and oh, Sonic yeah. the Hedgehog? I'm pretty sure it's coming out in like okay. November. You know what? <laughs> Look we're, it up. We're, we're, no, we're going we're to find out right now. I hope it's near a major holiday. Google. When does Sonic the Hedgehog movie come out? It's thinking. It's trying. It has no idea. Oh, whatever. November. Pretty. Hey. Look at that. Oh. Thanksgiving ha- turkey. No- November's like next week. Happy birthday, Is there something you want to say to me? Yeah. No, not at all. <laughs> Is that Let's your birthday, on. Keith? Sonic it's the Hedgehog? It's, it's week close. after. Yeah. We're taking close. him to yeah. Sonic for his birthday. <laughs> oh, we definitely are. Oh, yeah. Sonic the Restaurant. <laughs> no, we're going to go to Sonic the Restaurant and then go see Sonic the Movie. You know, we Sonic the Restaurant's got to be pumped about We this. never did our oh, pickle yeah. slushies. I thought about this the other day. We didn't do the pickle slushies, which we've been promising for a while. They probably don't even have anymore. Yeah. God we, willing, because the they're doing. I saw the Red Bull slushy. We were totally off topic, which is fine. <laughs> uh, they they're doing Red Bull slushies, 
So they're doing slushies with well, they, Red Bull in it. <laughs> well, they go ahead and leave it twenty or eighty percent empty, twenty percent empty, whatever, so I can add vodka. <laughs> I guess maybe we should start with twenty I and mean, not eighty. That's really what they're for, right? I mean, they're yeah. they're that's targeting the Red Bull. That vodka. is so that at four fifty eight you can go fill that. Well, boy I'm going to get us all pickle Red Bull slushies, no. but oh. I'm not going to tell you guys there's oh. Red Bull in it. No, no, I'm not no? accepting any drinks you from you from now eat on. Pickles or you eat cherries? Like you? Are we drink both? No. Well, let's move let's on because this is disturbing. Uh, congrats to uh, Jonathan Hutton. Yeah, who yeah. was uh, very big. Congrats. He was awarded Man of the Year for LLS. Is that so right? LLS Man of the Year, uh, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And of course, we had Hutton on earlier uh, this year. What? Just about a couple of months ago. So we're the reason yeah. he won, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> pretty sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we no, really had all. A lot we of raised all one hundred forty thousand just by him being on this show, right? Well, in all seriousness, in ten weeks, he raised one hundred forty-eight thousand dollars. That's, That's ridiculous. That's an incredible it's, amount. It's like incredible. it blew my blew my mind when I saw the tweet. The whole group raised over a half million, but I mean, he was responsible for one hundred fifty thousand of it. Uh, he was awarded um, Man of the Year last Saturday, which was what day was that? The twenty eighth. Yeah, it was Saturday the uh, podcast or the uh, live. Fuck the, the draft. The last, the last it would have been the twenty seventh. But anyways, Damn. congratulations to to Jonathan. Hutton. He's a friend of the show. He's been kind enough to come on and visit with us, and it is very, very well deserved. If you know anything about the man, or if you just heard him on the radio, I mean, an absolutely fantastic person. Got it done, and and I'll just requote what he's been saying on the radio when you know people were telling him that one of the toughest things about this, and what you're going to have to get used to is that when you're asking people to donate, expect people to just tell you no. And you know what he was saying is that all he got was, yes, what can I do? How can I contribute? And most of this podcast, actually every single person sitting at this table attended one, at least one of his events, and they were, they were outrageously good. Like not just kind of fun. The Top Golf thing was a hell of a lot of fun. It was very good. And the Amy Adams Shrunk Dinner was like, an actual, like a classy, well-done event. So well-deserved. Way to go, Jonathan Hutton. Very, very impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Well-deserved. Also, yes. something might have happened that was kind of related to the NFL and us last week. I can't remember what it was, though. Uh, the WNBA uh, Finals. Was it? Was that? They don't... I have no idea. Was it? I, don't the, I, only, I only pay attention if the links are in it. Yeah. <laughs> my team. Is that, is that, <laughs> is, is that Sonic the Hedgehog character? Name the city. I don't know. <laughs> Sacrame- Sacramento. Name <laughs> Zach. Name three WNBA teams. Go. Uh, Sparks, the Lynx, and <laughs> should have done four. Uh, should have made them name cities. Shit. Uh, the Flame. Sure. I mean, look. I, I don't know. Right. I'm asking this question. I can't tell you if you're lying to me. You could have said the San Francisco Legos, and I'd be like, that's one of them. That's, well, that's I think they're the, the, the I think they're Legos. the the uh, the, the Diplos. <laughs> they're the Diplos. <laughs> the Lady Legos. <laughs> the Lady Legos. Now taking the court, the San Antonio Lady Legos, and everybody's looking around like, I guess that's right. All right, yeah. <laughs> oh man, go Lady Legos. I'm sorry. Would you like to take over hosting again? Because I'm just no, like, no. I think this is great. This train is constantly wrecking into the wall <laughs> of the tunnel. Um. Yeah. So we had football and other F words live, which yeah. uh, went. Pretty damn well. It is. Yeah. We had some great guests. We were not kicked out. We were <laughs> like, not I was very out. worried that we were going to get kicked out. Yeah. They. Uh, thank you to uh, Corner Pop Downtown, yep. who uh, put up with all of our bullshit and and were extremely nice and helpful. Fed um, us good drinks and food. And yeah, it's delicious. Like it's a really cool bar. Yeah. I would definitely go there if they, even if they hadn't, you know, been so nice to us. Uh, great TV setup. Yeah. 
yeah it's a really cool uh it's a really cool bar but um thank you also to our guests we had uh luke worsham of a to z sports we had teron davenport of espn we had tennessee titan jayon brown who uh was a surprise like 48 hours beforehand that we it, got him. it was also uh he was on for uh close to 50 minutes yeah wow. when i was looking yeah. through it all i mean including uh you know, when I was editing stuff, and I was like, "Dang, Jayon! Jayon was only supposed to stay on for what, Mike? Fifteen minutes? Yeah, yeah. we got him for forty something minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we started talking about puzzles. Yeah, got out of hand. Uh, incredibly gracious with his time. Yeah, really yeah he appreciate great. that. He's a super nice guy. Yeah, all the guys were great. Uh, we also had Will Compton on, who uh, uh, taught us everything we now know about Game of Thrones. Yes. Um, yeah. Although, was although very he was well dead, versed. he was dead wrong about the Crips. He did not think the, the stars right. were coming out of the crypts. That's right. Yeah, he he did. was. And hold on to that because we're going to go wild about Game yeah. of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, be sure to go back and listen to those pods. I think we posted uh, the, the Worsham Davenport pod and then the Brown content. We, we, they're so, all up. All the yeah. interviews are up. Okay. Yeah. So go listen to that. We also had uh, Jason Fitz, uh, Buck Rising, Travis Haney. No, they, they had us on. Yes. Oh, right. Yeah, sorry. sorry. Yes. They had us on their podcast. Right. Which was great. When yeah. when I mean when we had Fitz Haney and uh, Buck on all at the same time, it it felt like I was like s- like sitting in the like the the bitch seat of like an <laughs> ESPN broadcast like all, like on TV. Like you're at the kids table. Yeah, because yeah. I mean it was just like I mean those three guys just like dominated, man. They yeah. were, they were great. They had I mean obviously Fitz is. And Travis Haney did call Jeffrey Simmons. That was the last thing that he, he said did. before he uh, we had problems. But he nailed it. He kn- just fucking <laughs> just let me burp right here on this podcast. <laughs> Bam. But he nailed it. Yeah. Uh, thanks to uh, Jason and Buck and Travis. And then also we had uh, Justin Graver on for a reaction to uh, the first round pick. Yeah. I got to see if we actually have that audio. Yeah. It could just been all of us just talking on a mic at some point well, And we thought we heard each other and recorded. <laughs> but we'll see. Well, either way, it was uh, it was great hanging out with him and everybody else who came out. So uh, thanks and to all the, the guests. Let the record show on the possibly lost uh, live reaction footage. Yeah. Me, you, uh-huh. and that's Mike and Keith. Yeah. We called Jeffrey Simmons. We did. Uh, did Graver pick Simmons? I can't remember if he did. I wanted I to say know. he did. I can't remember. But we uh, we three uh, called the Simmons back. We well, the, Haney, we y'all just copying off Haney. He called it first. I wasn't there when Haney called it. Who did Who did uh, Charles Barnes pick? I don't know. <laughs> I, I I blocked him on Twitter. So uh, I've been trying to get him to block me. He won't. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. But um, also thanks to for the Ville six one five who was there slinging shirts or slinging yeah. shirt. Uh, yeah, singular. <laughs> I think I think <laughs> I think he ended up negative because he gave two shirts away for free to Will Compton Jam Brown. He's a very generous so. man. Yeah, but uh, do we want to talk about the the person we saw wearing his hat? Yes. Ye- well, f- well, let's talk about first off the shirts. Yeah. Get on for the six one five dot com because there's only twenty two draft TN shirts left. So he I'm had a bunch, and you don't have one. You're. I why would you one. announce that? Why would you uh, I, not support I'm, your friend? I'm going to get one. That was what that okay. announcement just was. The uh, so there's twenty one <laughs> shirts left. Yeah, I don't think that's how you place an order. Yeah, you don't just you say know? it onto a podcast. Yeah, you yeah, don't, don't speak it out to the airwaves <laughs> and it magically happens. I just I, I've been I doing this wrong. McDonald's and just yell hamburgers. <laughs> 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 just yell hamburgers. And they just throw they them at you. They give them to you. Sir, here's your hamburger. Please leave. <laughs> they please call the quit. police. Hamburger, but yeah. they will eventually give it to you. Yeah. Um, 
But he only has 21 left now that Keith has claimed one verbally. Um, <laughs> it's lost. So get one because they're at a discounted price. And he sold a bunch of them. He's a, not a big part, but he's part of the reason that Jonathan Hutton has gotten to that because he supported Jonathan Hutton. He took $5 from every draft hand shirt that he sold. Now he's only down 22 Yeah. Which I don't know if you know Shirtonomics, but Shirtonomics, mm. only being down 22 and only having 22 left of a certain shirt, that's really good. So you better get yours now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and they're discounted, I believe, and free shipping right now yeah. on the website. So nice. go check it out. Yeah. Use code FWordsPod in... Nothing because there is no code for efforts pod. Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> also, thanks to DJ EJ who uh, came down and helped us with the live pod. That was he yeah. saved Deej, our butts Deej. at least a couple times. At yes. Least. Unfortunately, we did have a minor issue with feedback in the PA system. We would have liked to have been able to broadcast to the people who showed up, um, but unfortunately, that wasn't a thing that could happen. But uh, thanks to everybody who did come out. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, we had fans cool from Minnesota. People. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was Illinois. pretty cool. Uh, I think that was, the furthest, that was the furthest away from Nashville that I saw was the people from Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. a guy from Illinois. I know that was there. Um, Thanks to everybody yeah. who came up and said hi. It's awesome to, to talk to y'all. Yeah. And uh, hear good things. I was shocked that people actually think that we're funny. Uh, it, yeah, I'm still getting used to that. I'm getting used to the fact that someone brought us a bottle of ketchup from Whataburger. Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't forget you got awesome. to pick, pick up all your food from uh, James Southwest oh, Texas Titans so fan or whatever it is. <laughs> so excited about the kolaches. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's enough uh, blathering from Oh, from what me, about the hat sure. that uh, oh, what's right. face is wearing? Yeah. Who was it? Uh, Johnny R. Johnny Rob Rob. I can't remember what we used to call him. Johnny R. Johnny yeah. Robbie Cakes. Fucking Johnny <laughs> Hammersticks. John <laughs> Robinson was wearing one of the For the Ville 615 hats. Yeah. yeah. Um, the football two-tone blue. The uh, Tennessee Stitches, I think is yeah. what he's calling the hat. That's, oh, a, that's a cool like that name. name. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, yeah, when he was greeting Jeffrey Simmons in one of the Titans Online videos, I was I was just sitting there, and I was, like, watching the video, and I, I saw John Robinson walk out. I'm like, hey, that's a good-looking hat on his head. I'm like. Hang on a second. I was like, "That's that's for the Bill six one five. And then right there. you basically posted screenshots in our like friend Slack that was just like enhance, enhance, and it like zoomed in on the for the Bill six one five logo. There's yeah. a GIF for it now, you know, or yeah. GIF, depending on how you say it. GIF definitely GIF. It's GIF. Um, <laughs> the which song do you think that he heard that I sang that made him buy that shirt? Do you think it was the White Stripes one or probably Atlantis Morissette? Oh yeah, yeah, that was probably your most solid one. I think. Yeah, Lebowski? I think he's a big Atlantis. It's just guy. disturbing that every <laughs> one of your songs like involves heavy use of nipples and things that happen to your nipples. And well, now I'll have to, you know, I'll have to. Oh boy! God damn it! Oh, just boy. spilt a beer all over myself. That's why I have these cup holders. That's <laughs> better that you spilled on yourself. I'm not even using a fucking oh. cup holder right now. Got expensive electric equipment over there, and you just spilled, just a spilled it all over. Wiseacre Tiny Bomb. That's yeah. right. Nice little uh, but you know, now I have to adjust to not protecting the nipples of your chest, but the nipples of your head. The nipples He's of your head. Nipples on. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> grow up near a power plant. Your head nips. Speaking of head nips, let's talk about uh, the draft picks that we made uh, last week. What? What? Um, I guess let's start with the the first and uh, probably the one that will define this draft a little bit. Uh, defensive lineman Jeffrey Simmons. 
Was that? What was that? That sound was my shoe. Oh, oh. my God. How? I don't it know. It sounded like the power coming back on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, Jeffrey Simmons. I, I, I will say this. I am still just a little miffed that we did not get an impact year one player. Yeah. But I am okay with Jeffrey Simmons as a whole. It's just that, you know, if I possibly could have had a choice between, and in the moment, Jerry Tillery or Jeffrey Simmons, I'd probably go Jerry Tillery. Yeah. But I am very glad that we have Jeffrey Simmons. I I love the, from the pet press conference, the emotion that was shown with Jeffrey. Um, it looks like this was probably, outside of Ed Oliver, their 1B mm-hmm. on their draft board. Mm-hmm. Uh it, it seemed like Vrabel and Robinson, according to the press conference, went into Amy Adams' trunk and they said, hey, this is the guy that we want to draft, but you need to look at this. And talking about his off-field incident, we, we don't have to talk about that. But you can tell that they did their due diligence on the man, the person uh, that we drafted, and they're all emotionally invested in this kid. And I think that's a big thing that, if they're all emotionally invested in him and he's emotionally invested in this team, sure, we don't get him for 2019, but in 2020, and this is going to fucking rock. Yeah. And and I think that investment that you mentioned is a big part of this, too, because I, I do feel like there is some other level, too, of commitment that a Jeffrey Simmons is going to feel to the Titans and, and going to give back to the Titans because – this is the team that took a risk on him. This is the team that said, hey, you know, off-field incident, ACL, whatever, we believe in you as the person, we're, we're going to stand behind you. And, you know, what John Robinson said, what Mike Rabel said, what Amy Adams Trunk said during the press conference, I mean, you saw, you saw the emotion from Jeffrey Simmons, which I thought was great. Um, you know, it's, I, I truly believe it's a guy that's going to take that – to heart and he's just going to give his all for the Titans franchise and that's an exciting prospect because if you watch this guy play he's an absolute animal on the football field I mean one of the pound for pound strongest guys on the field you know six four, 300 pounds he's prototypical size on the inside but then the workout videos that his camp was putting out before uh, the draft you know when he tore his ACL and obviously wasn't going to get to participate in the combine or the pro day they put out a video of him training to kind of give teams a, a, a sense of his athleticism. And he was running a four eight five laser time 40, which puts him right in line with Quinnen Williams, who, you know, had that four eight three that was, you know, a big time, big time deal. It puts him right in line with like Fletcher Cox and, and Chris Jones, these other guys from Mississippi State that he's kind of following in the footsteps of. Jeffrey Simmons is a legit top five talent in this draft on paper, you know, uh, the other stuff aside, obviously we know why he dropped to 19 and was available there. But if the Titans get him back in, you know, 2020, say he doesn't even play this year and he is the prospect that he appears to be on tape, we're going to look back at this draft in three, four years and say, man, we absolutely stole a superstar at 19. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, the thing I keep hearing, and I mean, I'm sure you've heard it, listener at this point because it's going to be like by the time this comes out seven days since he was picked but everybody was saying he's top five talent if the if that incident isn't there 
if the injury's not there, they're they were saying top five. I right? almost think it's the injury that's holding them back, not oh. not the incident. That's the sense I get too. Yeah, I yeah. and I I think that you know incident uh, aside, you know Jarrell Casey has twenty 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 one twenty twenty two past this year mm-hmm. uh, upcoming season. So we're gonna get three years of Jarrell Casey and Jeffrey Simmons, and that to me sounds. Sounds pretty awesome. Uh, Mike, on um, our video show, mm-hmm. uh, Film and Other F-Words, with, uh, where we talk about three technique, where do you, we, we know Jarrell Casey was mainly a three technique in DMP's offense. Yeah. How do you view uh, Jeffrey Simmons when he gets here? Is he going to be a zero technique, which is a strict nose tackle, or is he going to be on the very opposite side uh, and mirror Jarrell Casey? Well, he played mostly nose tackle for Mississippi State, which kind of led to him getting double teamed a lot. Um, I went back through his tape over the last few days and just did a post on Music City Miracles kind of with what I found. But um, he got double teamed a lot. I mean, you're you're talking most plays he had two guys on him. And there were some plays where you could see the offensive line was so committed to stopping Simmons that they just completely ignored other pass rushers or blitzers. And it led to a lot of sacks for other players for Mississippi State. But I think ideally you don't want him to play the nose position at the NFL level. I mean, that's the perfect spot for a guy like Austin Johnson or Daquan Jones, who's really more of a a rock, you know, block eater kind of guy in the middle of that defense and then put Simmons on the other side playing the four or the five technique and let him be a little bit more aggressive getting upfield because that's his nature. He wants to penetrate and be aggressive if you ask him to just stay in, inside and two gap, you know, that's not the best use of his talent. So I, I think you want him opposite opposite Casey. And yeah. I think he's a great compliment to Casey too. Yeah. And it's gonna be great having him in that same position room with Casey mm-hmm. this whole first year. Long term he's kind of the heir apparent at the three tech. Yeah. So I I'm really I'm pleased with it. I am. I think uh, I really agree with what Mike was saying about <clears throat> Based on his emotion, and that's the only thing I can go off of, his responses in the press conference and his emotion on draft night leads me leads me to believe that he is a hard sell on this team. Mm-hmm. Of you took a chance on me, I'm going to re- reward that tenfold, and I, I hope that's the way it plays out. I do. I really do see this going down the road as suddenly the Titans might be looking at him next year. Titans fans will be looking at him next year, the years after. And, and start to look at it, and we really absolutely stole a uh, a possible almost generational talent at nineteen. So that seemed to be the common theme of the whole draft was us stealing talent that shouldn't be there. Yeah. Uh, a few things about um, that I wanted to run by you guys um, about Jeffrey Simmons. Not only do we know that Jeffrey Simmons um, was going to be a top five, top ten talent top five, top ten pick yeah, almost as well. I mean, people, if it wasn't for the injury, they'd be to the point where him falling out of the top ten would have been just, you know, egregious, a non-factor, kind of like Ed Oliver. Mm-hmm. One of the things that was – that I tweeted out was some common themes about Jeffrey Simmons, and it's really uh, – some of these are going to be common themes. But one of the big things was – Gil Brandt saying that this is a definite all-pro player. He'll at least get all-pro uh, once or twice. And l- let me 
Let me tell you how difficult it is to get all pro when researching stuff for the live show. Uh, there were many quarterbacks that only had one all pro. I mean, getting all pro, and we can kind of talk about this later in a little rant I have about the Conklin situation that came out today. But getting all pro is not getting the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. This is the this is the most respected analysts and writers in the field, not just you know fans or this or that that don't watch the game. So for him to for Gil Brandt, one of the most you know how I love Gil Brandt. Sure. He, I mean, hands. <laughs> he knows it's about hands. But him, he, he's a future All-Pro, a Pro, and then also a Pro Bowl caliber player. Dominic and Sue, uh, Demarcus Ware, Julius Peppers, complete player. I mean, these are the things that are being described about Jeffrey Simmons, and we got him at nineteen. Yeah. And the this Demarcus is be Ware in. Uh, uh, Peppers was the came coach, from his right? from his defensive line coach who also was the defensive line coach for Julius Peppers and Demarcus Ware. So yeah. he saw them two first, of course, and coached them, and then came over to Mississippi State, and then here you are. Julius Peppers had an okay career. Yeah, yeah. I mean he's all right. Demarcus Ware, you know he's all yeah, right. They're okay. Um, and he also to talk about you know just a little bit the off field incident. He won the leadership award for not only on the field, but off the field in the community, the Newsom award for the team. Mm-hmm. This is, this is a well-respected player. We are getting someone at a, at a, that will be here. I, I feel like he's one of those players that we drafted that I don't ever see him going anywhere else. Kind of yeah. like Jarrell Casey. Like I never saw Jarrell Casey, not when we drafted him, but when I saw him play the first year, that Jarrell Casey was going to be anything other than Titan. I just couldn't imagine it. And I can't imagine that about Jeffrey Simmons either. So, you know, that's pretty good. Yeah. And, and the Indomitian Sue thing, I know Lance Zierlein from NFL.com comped him to Sue, and he had him actually as his second highest graded player on the board, even with the ACL injury. He said he probably would have been number one if it weren't for the ACL injury. Jeez. So – and there are teams, we saw reports before the draft, that there were teams that had Simmons as the number one player on their draft board. So I think that's the caliber player you're looking at. I don't know that he's quite the prospect Sue was just because, and this may be just my memory, uh, you know, romanticizing Sue a little bit because we know how he turned out as a pro, but I remember Sue just being utterly dominant at the college level. And I think Simmons is dominant, maybe not quite to Sue's level, but if you get even just a shade below Sue, you're talking about a franchise-changing player on defense and, at, you know, at a critical position, too, playing on the inside, getting that interior pressure, um, being able to stuff the run. So he, he really does it all. Um, and one thing about the value of that pick, because I know John Robinson mentioned trading back at one point, and he said that he had a couple offers on the table, but it was going to put them in the range of another team that he thought coveted Simmons and he was afraid they were going to jump up and pick him I think it's either the Eagles or the Colts and I'm leaning towards the Colts just because they ended up trading out of that spot after they got there and didn't see what they liked on the board yeah and then two they had a bunch of draft assets to move up if they wanted to so it would have been natural for Robinson to be like well the Colts are definitely jumping me if I get you know, right into their range to grab Simmons. So yeah. I, I think we might have not only got a generational defensive player, 
but we might have kept him away from Indianapolis, which is which is a really kind of a good. double win. <laughs> um, so we're gonna keep talking about this and the rest of the Titans draft uh, after this break. All right. So uh, thanks from thanks for that word from our sponsors. Is that what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Fantastic ad read. Do we want to keep a- talking about uh, Jeffrey Simmons, or do we want to move on to uh, a certain wide receiver? Let's move on to a certain wide receiver. All right, so we've got... Sounds like an Ole Miss fan chomping at the bit oh talking about Ole gosh. Miss. Uh, yeah, enough about these Mississippi State players. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> Simmons is... <laughs> if Simmons asked me to take a cowbell to an Ole Miss game next year, I probably would. <laughs> the guy's built like a brick shit house. Yes. Oh, guy's my huge. God, yes. Um, watch his... Uh, the the reaction video of him getting drafted if you want to see just like how ridiculously big he is it's just a shape that's not it it wouldn't strike me as human if i just looked at the silhouette of him you know i'd be like oh that's a grizzly bear it's like hulk in the new it's like hulk with the sweater on in the new uh professor hulk who built that apartment out of (laughs) spoilers man (laughs) oh sorry well, I mean, why is he wearing a sweater if he's not a professor? I don't know. Maybe he likes sweaters. Um, so that's a nice standing rib roast. I'm sorry. That's, that's Simmons. Um, so let's talk about AJ Brown. Lebowski, do you want to do you want to spit start why off? Do, why do I have to start off? You go to the weakest person on the podcast to talk about. But you're the, you're the old Miss fan. No, out of the two old Miss wide receivers, everybody was so obsessed with getting Metcalf, and I got to think that 80 percent of that was based off that ridiculous picture of him that came out of the workout room. Which don't guarantee it's eighty percent of that. Yeah, don't get <laughs> wrong. I mean, it's pretty impressive, but my God, I think we got the better pick, better route runner. I'm gonna let Mike take it from here before I start sounding like an asshole. <laughs> uh, I, I think you're right. I think, and I I was never really sold on Metcalf the whole time. I was really always on the AJ Brown over Metcalf bandwagon from day one. It's um, true, and Brown is he's he's. Obviously, way more productive. He's the leading receiver in Old Miss history, despite the fact that he only played three years there. Um, you know, the thing that jumps out to me when I watch him is just how natural of an athlete he is. And it's yeah. not its not like he's super twitched up and explosive. I mean, he's fast, and he's got, he's got a little bit of a sneaky, you know, second gear that he can get to when he gets out in space. So it's not that he's not fast. It's just that he's so smooth. Mm-hmm. And... He also is a you know very accomplished baseball player. He was drafted by the Padres uh, out of high school. Uh, it's very important in football. Uh, well, it is when you consider that he played center field and tracking the ball in the air is a common trait, obviously, between a center fielder and a wide receiver. And you can actually kind of see that ability of him being able to track a ball over his head in on the football field and and he does that very well he's very natural when it comes to creating late separation with you know the little back shoulder plays the little nudge nudge kind of push offs give him a little flipper that kind of stuff (laughs) a whole dolphin yeah he just gives him a little flipper he just throws (laughs) a dolphin out there (laughs) yeah do you think it do you think he actually does that on the field because i feel like that would actually that would actually help Oh, if people oh, are like, there was, whoa, there is there that a guy dolphin? making dolphin noises at me as he's running routes? <laughs> oh, I'm going to be, be devastated. Fantastic. But he does, a, he does a great job of really, on, on his initial stem, he eats up ground and runs right into the DB's toes, which is exactly what you want to do, and then he kind of can, can work with them from there. But I, I just love how smooth he is. He's a natural hands catcher. He snags the ball out of the air like I mean it is crisp. Not a, it's not he doesn't body catch anything unless yeah. it's just you know 
on him to where he has to. But, I mean, he's going to snatch that ball out of there. He attacks the ball. He comes back for the ball. He does everything you would want a receiver to do naturally. So, so Keith, uh, if I could ask you a question. Sure. Uh, when you were at the My Chemical Romance uh, concert and you got the notification <laughs> on your phone that we drafted A.J. Brown, what was your first thought? Uh, I was thinking... Why, why was thinking, did I not turn off my notifications? Man, I hope they play Helena next. <laughs> but uh, they didn't. But um, first thought was... Honestly, I didn't watch a lot of college this year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you boycott, you're boycotting college, right? Yeah, Let, let's tell the, let's, It's the laziest uh, boycott you've ever seen. Is this the laziest boycott? <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, it's the fact that I watch basketball a lot, and I also watch NFL football a lot, yeah. and I don't have a lot of time outside of that. So it's less like, oh, I'm definitely taking a stand, and more, I just I don't think I want to invest in this. Gotcha. But um, A.J. Brown, uh, from what I've seen on, on tape and on you know other analysts talk about it, he looks like a guy who's well polished and NFL ready, as as NFL ready as a rookie wide receiver can be. So I, I think that's correct. Uh, well, I know that's correct. In fact, the only negative thing that I've heard about AJ Brown since he's been drafted is that he got drafted to our team. <laughs> like yeah, I've like, seen a lot of yeah. that. I've like seen a lot of that. The, everybody's saying, well, he's going to a team that doesn't really pass a lot, and he's going to a team that has you know a subpar passer in Marcus. And, and like Reggie Wayne, you're not wrong. You're an asshole, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's the only negative thing. But if that's really the only negative thing, I, I feel like that's a good thing. Who yeah. cares about public perception? Let's talk about reality and facts. We're talking about a guy that's forced 17 broken tackles in 2018 and had 34 explosive plays. And 34 explosive plays is any play that went for 20 yards or more. It doesn't mean that he caught it 20 yards and beyond. It means that he had the ball in his hands and he went 20 yards. That's what we needed. Uh, A lot of the things about him, he's been compared to Juju Smith-Schuster, who in his rookie year went just over 1,000 yards, which is what you want from a star receiver. So hopefully that's what we get. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of swagger to him. Yeah. That's what I like about him. Is that he's got that, that swagger. Yeah. I, yeah, I think wide receivers and defensive backs both yeah. need that like little bit of And and I'm okay if like Corey Davis is more Marvin Harrison without the murder well, than he is TO. Let's let's say that let's say this about Corey Davis. He he He's might got on-field swag. He yeah, he might not talk a lot off the field, but on the field he does have that. Yeah. We saw him jawing at Jalen Ramsey and just yeah. destroying that Texans defensive yeah. back last year. He's got a little bit of swag. But I like having that, you know, we have the accountant in uh, <laughs> uh, oh, Humphreys who get, does not look like a football player at yeah. all. But I like, but they've all said they're not that swagger person. I want someone off the mic saying, or on the mic after a game or in the locker room or something, just talking mad shit. Let's get it. Let's do it. I think A.J. Brown could help Corey Davis with yeah. that, too. I think they might feed off of each other. Uh, instant starter. He has an NFL build as well, oh, and I God, think that's yes. that's huge. Yeah. We have, for whatever reason, and I think it's a rookie thing, but specifically Titans rookies have a thing with coming in, not being NFL conditioned or NFL ready, and they're tearing, or not tearing, but pulling hamstrings or you know, having cramps and all this stuff. He he's ready for the NFL. I think he's built. 
He has elite hand-eye coordination, strong hands. He's a willing blocker, mm-hmm. so that also fits in with Derrick Henry and stuff. Um, what's good about him is that he can sit in the zone or he finds the holes in the zone on the reg, and I think this is going to be really big for us. I think... Like, you can tell he's just a guy who kind of gets it. Yeah. Like, yes. he I mean, understands he gets, football yeah. strategy. He gets it. Yeah. I, I think I'm more excited about him than I was when Corey Davis got drafted, even though I really like Corey Davis. I think I'm more excited about A.J. Brown just because I do feel that, okay, he went up in the SEC. He is proven. He's productive the last two years, both over 1,000 yards. Um, I think that compared to someone who came from a smaller conference, you can get more excited about A.J. Brown. And I think that A.J. Brown and Corey Davis are perfect complements. A.J. Brown, instant starters, what I've read. Does everybody agree that's him and Corey, one-two? Or is Humphrey going to be that two and A.J. Brown's going to be in the slot? Because I know that A.J. Brown played the slot a lot last year until injuries forced him outside. I personally think you're going to see them rotate. I, I think because Corey Davis has played some slot as well um, over the last couple of years. I think you're going to see all three of those guys in an ideal world kind of rotate into those positions. I do think you'll mostly see Humphreys in the slot when they do have three wide receivers and Brown out wide. Um, so I, I think that's going to be your base set in three wide. But then when you go two wide, I think you're going to see probably some plays you'll see Humphreys, some plays you'll see Brown as far as you know, that that other wide receiver across from Davis. And, of course, you know, Davis isn't going to play every single snap. I'd expect him to be well over 80% snap count. But, you know, you're going to see a few plays with, with Brown and Humphreys probably. So, um, I, I, I think he's mostly going to play outside. And, of course, that's the question mark with him a little bit is he played mostly in the slot. Can he translate that outside? I think you saw down the stretch when Metcalf went out, he stepped in. He put up over 100 yards per game out wide, playing in basically in Metcalf's place out, outside the numbers. And he ate Joan Williams' lunch in that Ole Miss-Vanderbilt game. I mean, roasted him. And that's a guy that the Patriots just took in, what, the second round? Yeah. yeah. And, and his name's round. not Joe Juwan? I thought it was Joan. Joe Juwan. It's Joe Juwan. Joe Juwan. I'm Joe pretty Juwan. sure it's Joe Juwan. At least Joe Juwan. All right, so Joe Juwan Williams – Whoever it is, he ate his lunch Mr. in that game. And, I mean, that was all working outside the numbers. And yeah. so you're seeing him against a, a cornerback that's going to be playing in the NFL next year, and you see that on tape. That, that to me, tells me that, yeah, he can work out there if you need him to. So, I mean. Well, that's the, and Ole Miss, Ole Miss had such a terrible defense, and every game they got in was a boat race. Yeah. And every game they got in – he produced, so yeah. I like seeing it. And they only had like twenty plays in a the worst quarterback. Did he even go yeah. as an undrafted free agent anywhere? Jordan to Tamu Tamau. I haven't Tamu? seen. Him. I haven't seen him linked anywhere. Yeah. But I, yeah, Ole Miss's offense was painful to watch on tape. I mean, they they legitimately all the talent in the world at three wide receivers. Plays. I mean, when are you ever going to see that again? I feel like yeah. three wide receivers uh, that all got drafted. And well, their well, tight end got drafted. Lodge didn't get drafted, I don't think. Did he go undrafted? I think he went undrafted. Wow. Yeah, which is kind of crazy. He signed with the Buccaneers. Somebody. He signed with the Buccaneers, Buccaneers undrafted right. free yeah, agent. Buccaneers. So, but yeah, I, I think Brown, and I really think the choice to put Brown in the slot may have been because it was easier for Tamu 
to hook up with him there. Because, yeah. I mean, yeah. it puts him closer to the ball, lets him work the middle of the field where Tamu is probably a little bit more accurate. It puts yeah. the ball in his hands more. Look, right. Looking at yeah. uh, tape from DK Metcalf, there was a lot of times that Tamu just ignored DK Metcalf on the outside, even if he was open. So yeah. I, I totally can see where that's happening. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's move on to the third round where we selected offensive lineman Nate Davis, uh, who is a undersized. He's not undersized. Lineman. I mean, that that's a he's three hundred pounds. But I he's more I, than that. I read he? somewhere three, that three sixteen, three sixteen. Yeah. The, the that's a, that's a big boy. How tall is he? Six three. Right. Yeah. Six, three. Six, three. yeah, so a little bit short, but a little bit short. Oh, Somebody he? used undersized when I was reading, and I was like, "Really? He made yeah, Mike I mean, Keith look like a cabbage." Yeah, I mean, three hundred sixteen pounds is six three. Is that undersized for a guard that, now? Not in my book. Yeah, if he walked I mean, in right here. I wouldn't call him undersized. <laughs> yeah. No, no, absolutely. Um, you just call him baby cakes. Yeah, I'd be like, "What's up, baby cakes?" <laughs> <laughs> baby cakes, Nate. Um, so tell me about baby cakes. Um, so when he first got drafted, uh, Superhorn. Uh, on Twitter is a notorious. He was a notorious Gary or Garrett Bradbury fan, yeah. and I kept telling him and trying to brace him. Garrett is going to the Vikings, and he did. Nate Davis was linked to the Titans pretty heavily throughout this whole offseason. Probably yeah. one of the more prominent names on this whole offseason. And when he got drafted, Superhorn said, "Well, he doesn't really seem like someone that fits a zone scheme." Mm-hmm. Dude, when Superhorn went back and watched it, he said, okay, I'm going to have to eat my words because he is. He fits the zone scheme. He's a right guard. He's not a right tackle. Mm-hmm. You could pretty much call his 2018 season pretty much a wash because they had him playing out position and he didn't work out. Out of necessity. Yeah, it's, it's out of necessity. Uh, he really I've, – I've seen a lot of people say he has no glaring holes. He's explosive. He can reach the second level. Dominant run blocker. This bodes well for uh, Derrick Henry going forward. This bodes well for our right guard position. There's a lot of Titans Twitter that is pretty convinced, uh, including Blake Benfield and uh, Titans Tonk, who this guy's not even going to see the field. He's maybe almost even practice squad level, depending on how I view what they say. Yeah. I mean, they just pretty much say it's – it's Pimpfield and Conklin and Kelly are going to be in that right guard position. This guy's not going to be there. I guarantee you, Uh-oh. this is a guarantee, this guy's going to be starting at right guard, and he's going to be good at it. And I think that we have a – this is a guy from the uh, analyst perspective who was probably just a tiny bit overdrafted but this is a guy that Titans are have been locked in on for a while, and if J. Rob is locked in on someone for this long, bet your put your money behind that guy. Don't put your money behind Pamp Pamphile, who just came over and won Guard Thunderdome last year, and put it on this guy. I'm telling you, Nate Davis is the real deal. He is a more athletic Quentin Spain, and I know that sounds a little weird because Quentin Spain was an undrafted free agent, but I really think. His size and athleticism, like Quentin Spain, is going to match well on that right side. And I think he is just – I think he's hungry, and I think he's going to be ready. Yeah. yeah, yeah. so my initial reaction to this pick, and it's mostly – I was a big proponent of the Titans going offensive line early in this draft because I felt like having a hole at right guard was probably the, the most dangerous possible scenario – 
that they could come out of this draft with. And I understand why they didn't. Obviously, Simmons, we've already talked about, was value pick at 19. And with Lindstrom and Bradbury going off the board ahead of them, there was nobody at 19 that you would have felt like was a good value on the offensive line. Then you flip to pick 51. A.J. Brown is sitting there, and he may be the number one wide receiver. I know he's the number one wide receiver on some people's boards. I bet he was on the Titans. I really I, do I could think he was. That too. Um, I, I think, yeah, likely him or Hollywood were, were probably way up there for them. But I, I think you look at who was available at 51. Dalton Reisner had gone off the board. Eric McCoy had gone off the board. Uh, Cody Ford had gone off the board. There, that next class of, of offensive linemen was all gone. So now you're you're sitting there, you're going, all right, do we reach for an offensive lineman or do we just grab the best wide receiver in the draft? So I, I completely agree, grab the wide receiver. Yeah. And then you get to the third round and you're almost at the point where you've got to, yeah. right? So I think they kind of got backed into a corner there. Not that it's a bad corner to be in because the, the two guys that you got may be top 20 talents. I know there were some boards that had them both as top 20 talents in this draft class. So it's not a bad thing, but you do end up with a guy that's got, I think, some some question mark. I don't, I'm not saying that he's not going to be in the competition. I think that's a silly thing to say. Um, but I think... I don't think he's a necessarily a lock to be the starting right guard. Well, you'd be wrong because he's a lock. All right, I just I, locked it down. I'm, I'm I just literally just locked it down. Third, Take it to the bank, like Garrett Bradbury to the Vikings. Take it to the bank. Third third round guard coming from a small school has some technique issues. There, there's a lot to there's a lot to like about him. He's a good athlete. He didn't test very well, but he's a better athlete on tape than what you're seeing on the testing numbers. So I, I really don't have a problem with his fit in the zone scheme. And in fact, I think uh, Davis himself said that he prefers to yeah. play in a zone scheme. So, it, you know, schematically, I think that's a good fit, but I think, I think there's a chance that it's an open guard competition. I think I, yeah. that's what I would expect. I mean, I'm sure they're going to say it is, but it's really not. It's my boy Davis. <laughs> uh, Keith Lebowski, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Are you surprised they waited till third round to go offensive line? Yes. Uh, do I need to quantify that statement, or do you don't you have to. to you can just say answer? yes, yes, and move on. You can do, you can <laughs> do whatever. Yes and we'll move <laughs> Listen, on. It, it, this is one fourth of your podcast, so you can say whatever you want. Can I cash that out like stock? You can. I'm sure. Go to Sonic. You'll get the <laughs> screwdriver right here. I, uh, I'm, I was surprised that with what who was available when we picked. I'm not. Um, if you had asked me before the draft, I would have said yes. We're taking uh, some kind of interior lineman in the first two rounds. But um, like you guys were saying, with the value that we got in those first two rounds and with who was on the board, it was the correct call to, you know, get somebody because you have to address a position of need. But also at the same time, you can't do what the Giants did at quarterback and reach for a guy who was going to be there a round or two later anyways. Right. And so um, I'm fine with it. I think it was a good move. I like it. I like your answers. Uh, are we done with Nate? Baby yeah. cakes. Uh, let's move on to uh, round four. I really hope people start calling him baby cakes. He's gonna, he's he's gonna hate us. He's <laughs> replacing Huggy Bear, so he has to have yeah. a cheeky <laughs> nickname. Um. So round four, we went with a uh, a bit of a surprise pick in uh, safety, Amani Hooker, uh, out of Iowa, and we traded mm. up for him. Yeah. Mm. And and it, let me let me say something about, and I love Jonathan Hutton. But Jonathan Hutton, um, 
104.5 and 102.5's uh, coverage of that draft on Sunday, we had to take Huxley to get his nail trim and get um, heartworm medicine. What a yeah. And I talked to Lauren, <laughs> and I said, hey, you know, you know, the draft's about to start. She go, and she goes, well, you don't have to go. Well, we all know that means I have to go. Oh, and, absolutely. And, yeah. and yes. take this And take this dog. So we go, <laughs> and and on the way there and on the way back, all they want to do is interview people, but mm. not players, Butch Spearden and all these people, and they want to talk about the previous day's picks. Yeah. There are nine or ten picks going on in, in all this whole coverage that I don't get to hear what's going on. Mm. So we get to uh, – we end up at the diner. After we drop Huxley off, we go to the diner to have lunch. And right when we're walking in is when I realize, wait a minute, Titans are picking, but this is not their pick, and they had traded up, and then they picked Amani Hooker. Gotcha. That is an awesome pick. Let me tell you, yeah. I am I am probably more hype about this fourth-round pick than I am. Well, maybe I'm more hype about the fifth-round pick, but <laughs> this, I mean, them two, those two picks are, are really big, but his pro comps are Deion Grant and Kevin Byard. Not too He's shabby. Constantly proven. He's a hybrid safety, advanced play recognition, modern age, strong safety, terrific football IQ, which is pretty much a theme for this whole podcast or for this whole draft cat cl- draft yeah. class. Draft class. Yeah. Is that they're pretty much a smart bunch of buds. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has rare instru- instincts and ball skills. Yeah. And he excels his own coverage. He's one of those guys that it just seems that it's that kind of pick for J-Rob that is going to pan out. Maybe not this year, probably next year. But he can fill in in a, a bunch of different holes. Yeah. And he actually retweeted one of my tweets about him. So, like, I'm all in on Monty <laughs> sure. Hooker. That, that's the fastest So, way I cannot wait to get a Titans jersey that says Hooker on the back. Who's <laughs> uh, with it. me? I'm here right, for that's, it. That's or if I excellent. even just put a Hooker. Yeah. Well, that's, that that's also works. Um, so, I, I have a question that I might sound really stupid. But uh, Dean Peace um, had, was famous for his Ravens defense where he played three safeties. Mm-hmm. Um, and Weddle was kind of the hard-hitting safety. Is that right? Uh, is, it, like is this true? Because linebacker? this has been a big talk of conversation lately, actually, Keith. Yeah. And really? I did not know if Dean Peace actually has done the three-safety thing. He yeah. has, yeah. So, so oh, Weddle wow. kind of was more of the center field, over-the-top over the guy. And then Tony Jefferson was the box guy. And then they also had, um, what is his name, Patrick Onwusor, I believe is his name. Like that. But he was a safety that Patrick basically dinosaur. – they converted into – it's kind of almost like a nickel linebacker, really, but he played all over the place. I mean, they got just kind of moved him around the box and, and let him do his yeah. thing. So do you think this is kind of where this is headed a little bit? I could certainly see that. Like, yeah. I, I think – so Hooker is extremely versatile. He, he all, Yes, she is. I mean, he is. Sorry. So thought we were talking about two different. Hookers. I mean, if you pay him enough money, he'll do yeah. whatever you want. This is a terrible draft pick, draft pick for for people staying on top. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's a nightmare for <laughs> any kind of long winded conversation. Yeah. But so I, I do think Hooker is going to be able to play both like a big nickel and interchangeable safety role. I mean, this is this is the modern NFL 
safety really is, is a guy like him on a money hooker. He can cover your tight ends, like your move tight ends. He can cover slot receivers if you want him to play the slot. He had, I think, PFF's highest grade in slot coverage last year among all defensive backs. And, you know, he can play on special teams. He's had a lot of experience on special teams. He was apparently, I think Robinson's mentioned this several times, that he was in the mix or slated to be Iowa's punt returner uh, last year. But I guess they decided that he was too valuable to the defense and they wanted to keep him healthy. Um, so I would say he's probably going to be in the mix at least early in camp for the punt return job mm-hmm. um, to maybe take that off of Dory's plate. So I hope so. I think he's he could be your primary backup for Logan Ryan in the slot. I think he could be your primary backup for both safety positions. I think he's going to be a special teams ace, and that's all year one. And this guy also, the big thing about he's 20 years old, so he's oh, a shit. really young prospect. Can't even buy beer. Oh, what a fucking loser. He will. He His entire contract will be ages, basically, I, I think he'll turn 21 before the season starts, but 21 through 25. He'll be a 25-year-old, or no, he'll be a 24-year-old yeah. uh, free agent yeah, when that's he crazy. gets to his second contract. So. The Titans are getting a ascending player right now, and we'll be and he's approved every year that he played in college. Yeah, and he was very productive. Had a lot of interceptions. He he, you know, has a nose for the football. He's a big hitter too. I, I mean, there's really it's amazing that he was there at this pick because he was a number forty four top one hundred overall player. Yeah. And, and he was he there went at one sixteen. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's ridiculous. A lot of um, almost everyone had him going in the second round. Yeah. yeah, I mean almost everyone. And and there's really nothing as far as injury or off the field that that has come out about him that would have even possibly explained that drop. So it just looks like a massive value, really. Yeah. You, so he's a Swiss Army hooker, is yeah. what you're saying? That's yes. right. Yeah. Um. So one of the big things when he got drafted, Daniel Jeremiah said that he was a big slot. I mean, so let me ask you this. Logan Ryan is coming up on Sorry. his... Uh, I'm a child. <laughs> your child. <laughs> Logan Ryan's coming up on his contract, Lebowski Keith. Do you view big slot corner with Amani Hooker and his versatility? Is this Logan Ryan insurance for this year or Logan Ryan insurance for next year? Or do you just see Logan Ryan is going to be here no matter what because his contract is up this year? Uh. I, I don't really see it as that. I see it as uh, there was a guy who shouldn't have been there who is there, and he's kind of insurance for the for this the back half of your defense in a way. And so, yeah, I mean, technically he's Logan Ryan insurance, but he's kind of uh, a utility player in as much as you can be that in football. I agree with that. It's not so much a Logan Ryan insurance as it is that's an added benefit to a player who shouldn't have been there. Yeah. Okay. I just really, just my uninformed opinion. Just really yeah, quickly, like how it. did how did Huxley's Manny Petty Wormy go? Uh, he <laughs> ate his pill actually straight up. Good job. I am very buddy. surprised because I'm surprised he didn't like throw it up or <laughs> spit it in Lauren's face yeah. or or slap or anyone in there. Yeah, demand a, a, a complimentary my cocktail. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of complimentary cocktails, we're going to get to the last two picks here after this break from our sponsors. All right, so uh, let's start with uh, the round five guy, the outside linebacker, or is he an edge guy or is he an inside guy? Edge he, guy. He's edge definitely guy. an edge guy. And DeAndre Walker is his name. Yeah. And tell us about him, Zach. 
I am uh, pretty stoked about him. Yeah. Uh, today, actually, uh, a clip was shared with me of him in special teams coverage, and he plowed over a blocker for a uh, for the punt returner or the kick returner. And then he just like basically manhandled him and tackled the other guy. He like took like two or three guys out at the same time. He looked like a missile, like m- like a missile bowling ball that had yeah. been shot down the field. Out outside of the comps that um, Amani Hooker got, that's the weirdest analogy I've ever <laughs> it's a heard. Rocket propelled bowling ball. Okay, yeah. all right, yeah. So uh, keep out- going. <laughs> outside of the comps that Amani uh, Hooker got. These are probably the best comps you could ever get out of a fifth-round player. I mean, we drafted this guy in the fifth round, and there were rumors that we were going to draft him in the third. Right. So we got him in the fifth. D. Ford, Elvis Dumerville, and Lamar Woodley. There's nobody that... Those three guys for a fifth-round player, and you don't get good comps for every player because uh, the next one, David Long, had comps of people that I never even heard of. I mean, <laughs> six-round pick comps. Yeah. Sure. It's yeah, but this is a fifth-round pick getting those comps right there. Uh, he sets the edge. He's re- he, he is ready to play as a setting-the-edge run defender edge player right now. He He's very raw. He's very... If you remember that I talked about Ben Bonagu a couple weeks ago, now, you know how much I loved him. This is him, but not just in the fifth though. round. Yeah, not anymore. <laughs> He's at, he's with the Colts, so not anymore. He was never good. We never liked him. Yeah, yeah, yeah he sucks. <laughs> so this is basically him, but in the fifth round, and he has a he has a hot motor. He's a high motor guy, just like Kyle Vandenbosch. You should get some antifreeze. Yeah, um, <laughs> he be, he has be bend. He, uh, he's very efficient, and I know they play two different positions, but Roquan Smith, who was an inside linebacker who got drafted by the Bears last year. They were like a sack and a and maybe one sack and a half a point or one tackle for loss separate on the stat sheet where Ro- Roquan actually played way more snaps than what DeAndre did. So DeAndre is highly, highly efficient when he's given the opportunity, and I think this is going to be a steal. This is the perfect complement to Harold Landry. I think it's not you're not going to see that this year, but you're going to see it enough that he's going to be in sub packages and special packages, and he he's going to make an impact. I think that he is probably out of all the uh, drafted defenders, him, David Long, who we'll talk about here in a second, and Amani Hooker, he'll see the most uh, snap count this year. Yeah, I can see that. I I could see it. He's um. I, I like Walker. I you know when they were talking about him as a like second or third round type pick, which is where a lot of people had him slotted. Um, I was lukewarm on him just simply because I didn't see like the standout trait on tape that would be like, oh wow, that okay, that pops to me. That's going to be that guy's kind of go to move. But he's a great all around player, and in I guess his probably the the strongest. Thing that I've seen as far as like that jumps out on tape to me is he's just ultra aggressive. I yeah. mean, you it's very Rashawn Evans like. Yeah, I, I, that's a good comparison to kind of his physicality. I mean, he he wants to. He loves contact. You can tell, and that's a common theme throughout the Titans draft. I think is. I mean, John Robinson talked about wanting wolves. Yeah, he got wolves. Like he got six. He wolves. got the wolf pack, bud. 
I mean, these these guys are they dire wolves? I I would say so. Yeah, I mean, these dudes were beasts. Yeah. Uh, but Walker, they coming. The nice thing about him too is he's he's only six two, which is a little short for an edge, but he's got super long arms, so he plays long. Uh, off of that edge position, he's got a lot of tools. I mean, he's a twitched up, like springy athlete. So, twitched I, up, twitched up. I, I love, love that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, it's he a plays great, a lot of Fortnite, like <laughs> yeah. like bath salts twitch, a, a little bit, okay. a little bit. He's he's, but he, I mean, he attacks. I mean, that, that's like his mo is yeah. he attacks. He's and, downhill, and he plays heavy. Like I, I agree with Zach. I think he's a day one. You can put him in the early down rotation and like let him earn some pass rush pass rush snaps yeah. but for a team that has uh cam wake who's probably going to be at least on somewhat of a snap uh snap count wrote like cap yeah um and they want to use him primarily for his pass rush walker would be a good compliment for him because you can play him on the early downs and not have to worry about guys not being able to set the edge he's going to give you enough power on that edge to be able to turn turn running backs back and, and yeah. really play that point of you, attack well. You know, we talked about D. Ford as being a potential trade target for the uh, for the Titans, and here you have D. Ford in the fifth round. Um, but well, do you, we hope. We well, hope. we hope. We Optimistically, hope. you have him do, in the Do you believe the, the hype, Lebowski-Keith, that the – we were going to draft him in the third round, or is that just a total and utter miscommunication? Not not blaming anybody, but maybe the Titans organization. I don't I don't know if that's true that they're planning on taking him in the third round. Because um, I mean, see, to me, from an outsider looking in, a player that you're going to take in third round, wouldn't you be the one to trade up for him in the fourth round? Is kind of how I look at it. But I think you know that that seems like an error. I mean, that was the big rumor. And that would have been, an, to me, an egregious error to take him in the third round. I, I Maybe they had a high grade on him, like a third-round grade on him. Yeah. But with all the people that were falling, they felt like they had to grab those guys when they were there. Um, and I don't know, maybe, like, sure, you, you – I don't know what I'm trying to say. Sure, you want to take this guy early, but – there's another guy there who it would be you think is going to go earlier. Yeah. So either that or there's other guys at that position who who are similar in value to you. Um, so you feel like you can wait on that position. And if you don't get them, that's too bad. But if you do get them, that's great too. Um, and that's probably where he fall, fell into the, the draft plans, in my opinion. What you all said. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to talk about, Lebowski? We have one more prospect. He wants to talk about David Long. Tell uh, us all about him. Yeah. I, lit- I know literally nothing about David Long. <laughs> what if I told you that David Long hunts with su- success? Hunts? hunts with success? That is one of the phrases that I saw with this him. This sounds like one of those posters that's hanging in the break room at like a mid-level <laughs> management place. And you're like, it's like a cat. Success, and but a it's mountain, a, it's and a ki- <laughs> No, it's a kitten on a mountain. And there's clouds and the around it. And there's a sunrise. Yeah. And it's Comic Sans. How did we take this picture? What about his mentality, scared money, don't make money? That sounds like a rap album. (laughs) And I believe I owned that in 1997 when I drove a 93 Honda Accord with some GL subwoofers in the trunk. Well, would you drive that person in the sixth round or that Honda Accord? Absolutely. I would buy that album right now. I wish we could draft Honda Accords. Um, (laughs) 
if if you could draft your first car, would y'all draft yes. your first car? My car is out there still running somewhere. Oh I yeah, that I gave it up. I had, a, I had an Aztec, hunts. a Pontiac Aztec with the uh, lights underneath it. Is a black one with uh, red lights Ooh, underneath it. Wow. <laughs> I had a GMC Sonoma. This is great. I, I, to be honest, I actually, my very first car that I never drove was a GMC Sonoma, and I hated it. And I yeah, drove it, it once, great. and I told, uh, I said, like, I yeah, big tires I'm not a truck guy. I had, I had big tires on it. It's, it felt kind of sexy in a way. Yeah. And that's, it's, this isn't sexy, Keith, but would, I or, it was. Uh, Big Mike, would you draft your uh, first car? I would absolutely not. I'm staying no. the hell away from the Pontiac Grand Am because the driver's <laughs> side window. But it's broke big enough for you. Multiple. T- well, I, my my head was in the back triangle window <laughs> in the coupe. Like you, uh, people would drive by, it looked like I was driving from the back seat, <laughs> legitimately. But would you draft David Long in the six? Absolutely. Tell me I, about David Long, somebody, because I don't know anything about this man. So let let me talk about. So Bruce Feldman. I don't either. Not not a thing. If if you His have not David. if you've not read the Bruce Feldman article about David Long on the Athletic, <laughs> I, you I don't think any of the three of us actually have. Okay, I, I if, if I haven't read it, I doubt these two guys have read it. Let me let me read you a paragraph uh, of Dana uh, Dana Holgerson, the West Virginia head coach at the time, talking about David David Long. I hope it's uh, Game of Thrones fanfic, David Long. <laughs> no. It is uh, all right. So Holgerson said he's a straight running badass. The guy that or the dad was on his recruiting visit, and David is just that guy. Nobody messes with him. He has the respect of the locker room. He's the toughest one I've ever had at uh, West Virginia. Ain't nobody whooping his ass. He's there's not one dude on our whole team that would mess with him. He's a good vocal guy. He's tough, and he backs it up with his play. The scared money don't make money. And and he also shared an anecdote about. Uh, like the first practice that David Long was in, and he was playing on the scout team defense against West Virginia's first team offense. And uh, he's Holgerson said, my first reaction after a few plays that Long blew up was, he, was, he said, I was like, God damn, can we block the middle linebacker? His pad level is this high, like pointing <laughs> to his like mid thigh. Right. And Long is a short guy. He's an undersized guy, but he plays the game at a million miles an hour, and he has a nose for the ball, and he is all over the field on yeah. tape. I mean, he just flies. Actually, now that you just shared that, it reminded me. I was watching uh, the draft kind of out, out of the side of my eye. Um, <laughs> That's a weird place to, of your eye to use to watch well, the draft. What were you doing with the rest of your eyes? <laughs> Stuff. Uh, <laughs> but I was watching the draft, and I, and I heard uh, ESPN shared an ane- anecdote about him from I think it was probably that same head coach or a former coach of some sort. And uh, he said – if I turned out the lights in the in the locker room and I told the football team to fight their way out, David Long would be the one who would walk out. Absolutely. Yeah. And so uh, it's just the guy's apparently tough as fucking nails, and well, I can't wait. He's the son of a professional boxer, um, so he he kind of grew up with that. And I mean, the the stories around this dude. I mean, it is legitimately like it's Paul Bunyan esque. Yeah. I mean, it's like this guy is Bill Brasky. Five eleven. Like What's the one that wrote the cowboy that wrote pounds. the tornado? I have no idea. Hulk Hogan. Yes, <laughs> but I mean the dude is a total badass. Yeah. Like I, and he's the kind of guy that I feel like is the very like floor of his potential NFL career is just badass special teams guy. Yeah, and I, I think that's going to be his role week, like you know, week one. I think he, I think he's a virtual lock to make the roster for one. And that's pretty good in the sixth round of, of any draft. 
But I think he makes a roster. I think he's a badass special teams player. And then you hope that he develops into kind of what Jayon Brown did. You know, he kind of plays that undersized role, but all over the field making plays. He, I think, led led West Virginia in sacks last year. He's a great blitzer from the second level. So, yeah, he's got a lot going on. I, I did some research after the draft, uh, after we I saw we selected him, and uh, I was came away pretty impressed. There was one quote from uh, NFL.com's profile on him where they were actually projecting him as a fourth-round pick, but they said, if you told me I had to either take Devin Bush in the first or David Long in the fourth, he was like, I'd 100% taken David Long in Damn. the fourth. There you go. High praise. Um, well, we're going a little long, but it's it's the post-draft. Yeah. So there's plenty of stuff There's a lot of about. information. Um, before we get to UDF DFAs, which we're going to touch on lightly, I wanted to uh, – we hadn't really talked about the draft as an experience in Nashville yet. Like, we were downtown for at least two days, some of us three. Um, t- talk about, you know, how it was downtown and how you enjoyed the draft experience. I mean, traffic actually wasn't that bad. No, it it really all. wasn't, you know, getting down there or getting to anything. Uh, I think Nashville did a fan fantastic job mm-hmm. if you had to gauge my faith in nashville not fucking it up probably a five because i, mean, I really thought i, I really thought really fuck it up though we what no, have we fucked up before i i really thought our traffic was going to be a problem oh, yeah, i okay. i thought that is, getting in and out i'm talking about the whole experience i'm not okay. just talking about you, the city nashville. you're saying before the draft a five before the draft yeah Okay. And I would say it's a easily a nine out of ten. I mean, I've been to uh two Super Bowls, I've been to a Final Four, I've been to uh a couple of different other things. Uh you know, it was pretty much the easiest in and out experience for a citizen that I would have ever expected. I love yeah. a good easy in and out experience. Yeah. <laughs> Don't we all? Uh Usually you can only get that from a money hooker, but <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So we we the downtown, all the shots from downtown uh, from the They're draft amazing. were incredible. The drone shots going down uh, Broadway were great, and it looked fake, right? Yeah. Did, when when you were looking at it on a TV, the second and third round, we were looking at it, and I looked at Lauren and go, "This looks like a Hollywood yeah uh, set because of just all the buildings that have been here." Mm-hmm. I mean, the Acme building and all these buildings looked fake. They yeah. just looked so good. I mean, the neon lights, you know, the neon bar signs just lining the street. Like, it was absolute. like, I mean, I'm not kidding when I say, like, those shots were breathtaking on TV. Yeah. Ecstasy. And, I mean, I was just blown away. And I think everyone else yeah, was, too. I mean, it, 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 part of that, for me, is civic pride of being, like, a, a born and raised Nashvilleian who's sure. lived here for, you know, almost 30 years of, you know, my life. But it, it's amazing the reaction that we've gotten from people that were either here to cover the draft or just visiting. I haven't heard a single bad thing said about the yeah. Titans or the the city of Nashville or the, the draft experience in general. Lebowski, if they hadn't already promised it to Vegas, would the draft be here next year? I don't think it would be here next year um, just because I, I don't see the NFL wanting to do a back-to-back city after having it in New York for so long. Did they do it in Chicago back-to-back? I was about to say, didn't they, they do it? Did. They did it in Chicago or Philly back-to-back. I feel like they did. the only reason they did it, it was in Chicago, I'm, I'm 90% yeah. sure. I think the only reason why they did that is because I don't believe the NFL actually 
thought that moving the draft around was going to be a good idea. As a matter of fact, when it left New York, I thought it was a stupid idea. Yeah. Because I thought, who's going to want to travel to see that? But then I started to see it. Once, once it hit Chicago, I started to see it. No, I don't think it would be, but I think you give us an 80% chance it's going to be back here in the next five years. For sure. Oh, I think so. For sure. because I mean, even Ian Rappaport was saying, yeah, I think I need to move I, here. I, I'm actually going to say this. I, I don't foresee the Vegas draft being that exciting to watch. Because Vegas, okay, Vegas is Vegas. The Strip is what it is. I mean, we just came, where are they going to put it that it is as visually stunning as what they got to see here? That's what I mean, is because outside of the Strip, Vegas is, it's it's a facade theme park in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. So, I really think that it... There's the potential in the next few years that one of the drafts is going to be a bit underwhelming. And the second that happens, the NFL is going to be like, where do we go back to that we know it's going to fucking kill it? Nashville will immediately be it. I think it's back in Nashville in the next five years. Keith, was your bachelorette party really upset that the uh, NFL draft took place this past weekend? Yes. Um, We wanted to go to Puckett's downtown, (laughs) and there was no parking. So thanks, I guess. (laughs) How How many managers were spoken to? Uh, all of them, and then we all hopped on our lime scooters and drove just down the street the wrong way. And it was not our fault; it was their fault for trying to drive on the street while we were going the wrong way down. Well, and Becky's fault because she wrecked. Well, yeah, uh, Karen's an, an asshole, but, <laughs> but it was really Karen. Becky. She started it. I'm sorry. What, what were we talking <laughs> about? Um, talking about your bachelorette party. Uh, but yeah, it was it was awesome. We went down and did some of the NFL uh, experience stuff at yep. Nissan Stadium. Um, we didn't get to do a lot, unfortunately, just because of uh, time. But and my knee is still all scabbed up. Yeah, <laughs> but I did I did jump higher by seven inches than Austin of A to Z Sports and Zach of wow. A to Z Sports. Yeah, wow. that's pretty big for this guy yeah. right here. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Must the, been that man do. We did the vertical jump and we did the forty. Uh, Mike yeah. was the fastest person on the pod. Keith was the the jump. Well, the jump, I never really got king. to finish, so we don't really know that. <laughs> to be to, to be continued. Zach checked in at a crisp seventeen seconds. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> even know if I made it seventeen <laughs> seconds. For the listener, they don't know this, but you uh, you came out of the blocks hot. You got yeah. a little over your toes. And <laughs> yeah, I it. definitely got over my toes. My legs just were like, uh, we're not gonna do this anymore. Yeah, we we gave you all that we had on the. Vertical uh-huh. uh, so I start running and all of a sudden they're I'm just like this is not gonna work mm-hmm. and the crowd goes oh no <laughs> I mean like in all in unison because they just see me flailing and I just go oh fucking <laughs> shit and I'm just like I'm just done yeah, we, we all started running and I just and I see arms I see way too much arm movement like <laughs> I see like a windmill <laughs> arm from one side of and, me, and none of them caught my fall. Yeah, like none of my arms. No, and and uh, I just I I hear oh shit, and then I hear oh from the crowd, and I'm <laughs> trying not to laugh as I'm trying to sprint down this uh, the forty yard dash. Yeah, I didn't even get to see the flailing arms. I just heard the screams <laughs> behind me, and I was like, oh no, something's happened. But I've got to try to beat Orlando Brown, and I didn't. Oh uh, yeah, no, we're it's very sad. It makes you realize just how fast these. NFL linemen are. It's insane. And how out of shape I am. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We've talked about the draft. Uh, we'll get into UDFAs later, but let's talk about uh, the news about John- Jack Conklin and us not picking up his option. I'm not surprised. 
It's a 13 or 12.875 or by, whatever. It's, by next year, I think it'll be close yeah. to 13. Yeah. yeah, it's a $13 million contract for one year for a guy that's been injured the last two years. Um, yeah, I, I don't blame them for not making that financial investment in someone yeah, that it'd be fully guaranteed. If he got injured next year, it'd be fully guaranteed. I was just going to say that. That's, I, that's the part I don't understand about the finances of it but if he gets injured like suddenly his contract's fully guaranteed yeah, yeah. fully guaranteed yeah. I, I don't blame him and and i don't think it's necessarily surprising either just because at at 13 if you because you have to look at it like this i mean you're you're signing up to pay him 13 million dollars for one year i don't think he'd get 13 million dollars a year on a contract on the open market right now i mean Maybe if he comes back and just plays insane football and and is back in his 2016, you know, early 2017 form and just dominating, maybe he gets 13 million. But that's on the that's high. That's a end. lot of money for a right tackle. Yeah, like yeah. people on Twitter are confusing left tackle for right tackle and all this stuff. You have to take into account that a lot of tackles just got drafted. I mean, and then there's other tackles in this draft for a guy that maybe, if he even gets all pro, it's so hard to get all pro yeah. more than once. If he has a killer year, I think you might be talking about $13 million a year, which in that case, you know, sure, sign him up to an extension. You're, you're back where you started, but you don't have the risk that, you know, he gets injured and tears another ACL this year and doesn't play very well, and you're all of a sudden on the hook for $13 million next year. And, you know, next year, next offseason, we're already looking at a pretty pivotal moment for the Titans because right now you've got Kevin Byer, Derrick Henry, Marcus Mariota, now Jack Conklin, Dennis Kelly, Logan Ryan, all, you know, entering and expiring contracts. So that's a big chunk of the core of this roster. They're going to have some decisions to make, and – not picking up Conklin's fifth-year option gives them some flexibility there. So they can, you know, if Conklin doesn't play well, they can either try to re-sign Dennis Kelly to, like, a mid-level contract, which I wouldn't be totally opposed to them doing, and then maybe draft your your long-term replacement in the draft. Or you, you know, totally reboot the position and draft right tackle high next year. You know, that's always an option. I don't think you'd probably prefer it to be that way. You'd, you'd like to get... Kelly or Conklin back, uh, one of the two at a, at a reasonable price. But I, I never thought that, you know Jack Conklin at thirteen million dollars was going to be a good deal for the Titans. So I, I don't think it's a bad idea for them to decline it. Yeah, well, uh, that does it for our Conklin takes, and um, we're gonna have a bonus episode with uh, a spoiler-filled discussion of Game of Thrones if you are so inclined. Um, and a tasty one at that. Lots of pastry talk at the mm-hmm. end. Mm-hmm. Stick My around. Uh, so, jeez, oh, so <laughs> stupid. This is such a dumb end of the pot. But um, be Why? sure to uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And uh, uh, be sure to check out Music City Miracles for all the content from uh, Mike Herndon here. Thank and you. Uh, film and other F words? Film? Maybe not tonight. Not Probably tonight, not. but not there's, tonight. There's, there's, there's still one. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get one. There. We'll get episode two out there. Yeah, yeah. episode two's on the way. And uh, you've been up. It's in the oven, as Pop yeah. Pop would say. Oh, Whoa, it's all in that <laughs> oven. <laughs>